Hey entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? If you're like most of us business owners, increasing your profitability is always on your mind. You're probably looking for ways to grow your revenue while growing your company. Well, you found a podcast that shares ideas to help you do just that. I'm Marcia Reiner. I'm a business growth strategist. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability, guides your growth, and plans for your future exit. Because building a highly profitable and sale-ready business creates a win-win scenario. That's more money now and a windfall later when it's time to let go. And I look forward to sharing strategies that I've learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I've got some great news for you. I've launched a super powerful training called the 30-Day Profit Booster. This is where I show you how to get a 45% boost in net profit in just 30 days. Simply by following a three-step three-step method that doesn't require you chasing more clients. This quick and easy profit boosting strategy can be done without spending more on marketing, hiring additional staff, or working longer hours. Go check it out at 30dayprofitbooster.com. All right, listeners. My guest today is Chris Hervishan. Chris is a CPA and a certified value analysis. Is that a CBA, right? Correct? Valuation analyst. That's correct. Analyst. Sorry. Okay, great. So uh, is the sole and he's a sole proprietor of his own firm providing outsourced accounting and tax prep services, uh, primarily for marketing and creative agencies. Before founding his term, Chris spent 10 years working in forensic accounting and corporate accounting and finance. Uh, He has been featured in numerous publications, including the Journal of Accountancy, South Carolina CPA Report, this AICPA Certificate Wall of Fame, Accounting Today, American Express Open Forum, Lending Tree, CMS Wire, CEO Blog Nation, and Win Savvy as well as numerous podcasts, right? He has been, he is an industry-specific knowledge and accounting expert. When he's not helping his clients build and grow their companies and agencies, Chris enjoys spending time with his wife and three young kids, playing golf. I don't know when you find time to do that. (laughs) Obsessing over efficient workflows and my favorite, listening to Metallica and rooting for his beloved Philly Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know about that one, but hey, oh, Chris. Stop. stop. <laughs> Come on. Love the Metallica, though. <laughs> um, welcome to Profit with a Plan podcast. I think we're going to have a lot of fun here talking about things that people don't like to talk about. Yeah, I think so too. And thanks so much for having me. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, why Metallica? Got to start with that one. Why, what, what about it? Are you just a headbanger? Yeah, pretty much. I've liked Metallica for, I don't know, pushing probably 30 years at this point, right? Going all the way back yeah. to, I guess it would have been the Black Album. Yeah. Yeah, they've been it's around been a while. Mm-hmm, for sure. And I'm excited loved, for the new music too. Yeah, I loved it when they kind of went mainstream there for a little while and then pulled back into their old roots. And, um, you know, it's just it's just a fun band. It's just, yeah. I listened to them. I went across country um, last fall and on, I think it was Delta, Delta or United, they had a Metallica concert. 
So I sat there in the row of the airplane, head banging and just listening to it. And it made the day go by, you know, the flight go by a whole lot easier. So, hey, if you can get on the United Airlines or Delta Airlines, I can't remember what it was, then here's somebody. (laughs) (laughs) I know, it's crazy. Crazy. All right. So, County, you know, I always tell my clients, never do your own accounting. Never. You know, if you're going to enter in a few numbers, that's bookkeeping. That's not accounting. But really, truly, you need to have an expert on on track. And and I think why I say that is that the business owner, they just don't understand the reports. They don't understand what they're looking at. They see numbers, they see other numbers, and they don't know how to process that and put it into a thought, a way of thinking about how their business is doing now and how it could be doing better, right? For sure. Yeah. I mean, most business owners, they get into business to do whatever it is that they're good at, right? Like in in my case, most of those folks are marketing and creative. So they got into business so they can do marketing and creative stuff. And (laughs) maybe they took accounting 101 in college, maybe, or in high school, maybe. Uh, But that most certainly doesn't that doesn't get you all the way there. So where you can, you know, confidently do your own bookkeeping. Um, and you said, enter a few numbers. I would definitely agree with that. If you're entering yeah. a lot of numbers, that's, that's time to stop DIYing it for sure. Well, in, in, in reality though, you know, if you put the number in a wrong place, it affects everything mm-hmm. and it tweaks the numbers in a way that they aren't accurately reporting any longer. So that's why I say if it's just a few numbers, like you're you're entering in your income, that's fine. But when it comes to, you know, expenses and running the reports and analyzing the situation, you need an expert to help you do that. So now that we're talking about having an expert explain some of those ideas to us, I'd love to kind of go through the fear of the financial statement, right? And they think, oh, all I need to do is look at my P&L and that bottom line number and I'm good. Wrong. You know, let's go through how you talk about these kind of reports to your clients. And then, you know, maybe later on we can talk about what they mean and how you can, how you can use that information. Okay. Um, so the first place where we start, we need to level set on what reports there are. And there's three, there's three main ones, put it that way. So we've got the P&L, which is, that's where you get your net income number from. That's the most commonly used. Most business owners manage their business from the P&L. Is the bottom line number positive? Cool. (laughs) Then let's, we can move on. And then the next, the next iteration of that question is, is there cash in the bank? Cool. We can move on, right? And where the cash number is going to come from is the balance sheet. The balance sheet, in my view, is the most important statement. So that's going to show your statement of financial position. It's going to show if you've got cash in the bank, it's going to show if people owe you money, it's going to show where people or what people you owe money to, all that good stuff. And then you've got the cash flow statement. Cash flow is super important. It's often overlooked. Cash is king. So if the business is making money, but it's not kicking off any cash, that's a problem because you can't pay your people with like funny money or IOUs, and you can't pay your mortgage with anything other than cash. Everything eventually at some point has to turn into cash because that's how, that's how we live. So if I, had to, if I had to rank those in the way that we have conversations with clients, we start with the balance sheet because if the balance sheet is wrong or if there are problems there, then we know that that's going to affect the rest of the financial picture. It's not possible to have a good, accurate P&L if you've got a balance sheet that is a hot mess and it's inaccurate and you've got like negative balances on there or things are in the wrong place. It's not possible because at the end of the day, 
uh, accounting really is just a um, an algebraic. Bunch of numbers. Yeah, it's just it's just an algebraic equation, right? So if the balance sheet's wrong, that means PL is wrong, probably. And that's where we start. So we go balance sheet, cash flow, then the PL. Whereas most entrepreneurs probably go the other way around. 100%. And then they don't know what they're looking at. So let's mm-hmm. take a second on the balance sheet. Really, truly, what are we looking at here? You mentioned that you know you got money coming in, you got money going out. Is there cash in there? Really. Give us a little bit more detail. What are we looking at when we're looking at a balance sheet? And then, yeah, tell me. Then I'll ask the next question. Okay. So a couple of the key points that I like to look at, number one is cash. Is there enough cash in the business? Uh, What does cash look like? Start there. Then I look at working capital. Now what's working capital? Working capital is current assets minus current liabilities. So in other words, if you have a little bit of cash, a whole bunch of accounts receivable and a whole bunch of accounts payable, your effective cash because the you know, accounts receivable is going to turn into cash and accounts payable is going to turn into cash too. One is in, one is out. Um, that could indicate that there's maybe a problem that's lingering. So I look at working capital mm-hmm. second. Um, then I'm going to look at debt. So who is owed what and how much is it? And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that same exact report and I'm going to look at it over somewhere between six and 12 months. So if you kind of think about using in QuickBooks, you would run the balance sheet so that it is um, each column. Each column is a month, basically, and I want to see how things are trending. So I want to see is cash going up or down, is accounts receivable going up or down, is accounts payable going up or down. Which way are things trending? And then that'll give you an, an indication of is the business getting better financially? Is it becoming more solvent or is it becoming less solvent? And it'll give you an indication of maybe there are problems or not. Um, so that's kind of how the that's kind of how I look at it: cash, working capital. And then look at the trends. I love that. That makes it simple. So everybody can understand when they're looking at these numbers and they're not just going, there's a lot of numbers on here, right? You Mm -hmm. know, you're looking at specific pieces for it. And my next question that you already answered is, well, what does that mean? Right? And if they, if your accounts receivable are going down, then that means you may not either you're getting paid in cash or you may not be getting enough income coming in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if accounts receivable are trending lower, the next question is why? And maybe that's, an, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. So maybe you're a business that's transitioning from invoicing your clients after the work is complete to um, doing automatic ACH upfront, right? And so in that case, your AR is going to be trending down, your revenue is going to be trending up, and that's, that's fine. Right. And then you should probably see that reflected in your cash balance too. That's fine. But the place that what that should do, what that analysis of the balance sheet should do is it should start just a question asking process. And if something seems weird, the the question is why? And then when you eventually get to the proper level of why, then you have, you know, something that you can work with inside of your business. Awesome. Awesome. And then another problem that I found with my clients or the clients that I'm onboarding into my program is that. Sometimes the accounts payable gets out of control, right? Because you're you're you've done the work and you haven't gotten paid yet, right? So if that tends to be trending up, that could be a bigger problem for you, right? Yeah. So on on the AR side, if you've got uh, and that's the next report that I would look at after those after what I'll call the big three, I usually look at um, the accounts receivable aging summary. So I want to know which customers are late in paying, how late are they, and how much is that? Because the further things go out in time that you haven't been paid for, so you did the work, you haven't been paid for yet, 
the older that stuff gets, the less likely that is to turn into your money. And that's a problem. So you've done the work, you've committed the resources, you've paid your people, you've incurred the expense to deliver something and you're not going to get paid for it. That that's a problem. <laughs> Do enough of that. And you can go out of business pretty quick. So that's exactly. definitely the next thing to pay for or to look, to look out for. And then the next thing would be on the payable side, same thing, but it's the opposite, right? So who yeah. have you not paid? How old is it? How much do you owe? And then if there's something in there that's old, then the question is why? Well, why haven't we paid these people? And like maybe there's some sort of a dispute. Maybe you just can't locate them. Maybe a check bounce, like whatever it is, you just need to get down to the appropriate level of why. But then realize if you don't pay your suppliers over the longer term, maybe they just stop doing work for you, which may make it harder for you to deliver services to your customers. And so there's a downstream impact there. So start with the balance sheet, go to cash flow, go to the PL, then look at AR. NAP and um, the aging summaries for both of those. Love that. Here's one of the things that, that I love to kind of strategize with my clients over. And, you know, we, we offer time, right? You know, most of our vendors offer us time. Is that an appropriate time or balance time, right? So if our clients have 30 days to pay us, but then we only have two weeks to pay our vendors, that's not a balanced time. You know, could we, you know, could we offer a little bit of an incentive to get them to pay on time or, or reduce that time or uh, ask the vendors to extend that time to balance our time? I mean, these are things that we'll never know unless we have these reports that we can look at and sure. decide if that's the right thing, right? I mean, am yeah. I, I'm, I'm online here, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, and the way that you'll figure out if you have that problem is the PL shows that you've got plenty of revenue or <laughs> plenty of plenty of net income, right? And then you'll see that your um, your cash balance and your cash flow is not super great. So, if you have if your business is making plenty of money and you're having this conversation all the time, like, well, why can't I pay whoever? That's right. indicative of a cash flow problem. And so, what one of the things that may be contributing to that is if you're receiving money slower than you're having to pay it out. So in other words, you're having to pay vendors before you, before you actually receive the money from the customer for the work that that's been passed through essentially. So what you want to do in that specific case is try to get paid faster. I mean, back to the example of getting paid up front, you know, automatic ACH, that sort of thing, and then pay out slower. So better terms with your vendors. But that's one, that's one tactic and one, one indicator. You know, this it's 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 all your money, right? And if mm-hmm. you're carrying the weight of your customers, right, and the vendors that you're working with, then you're becoming the bank. And that's not the great place to be. The great place to be is to use other people's money for the time that you can float and and run that kind of situation. But you'll for never sure. know unless you understand your books and you have a super powerful partner on your team that is able to help you see through the trees and see the numbers and what they mean on here. And so Mm -hmm. that's why I think this is such an incredibly important conversation for customers, especially as we're going into the, you know, into the middle of the year soon. And we're having these times of looking back a little bit and trying to make decisions on how our business is standing now so that we can move better, move forward better in our business through the summer months so we can finish strong at the end of the year. Am I right? Accounting should be looked at all the time, right? Not just, you know, at the end of the month, quick review done by next, right? A hundred percent. The longer that you wait to look at the numbers, the, the more stale that information gets. 
So if you've got numbers through, I don't know, whatever, March, and then you're going to look at those numbers in May, well, that the business has changed. The world has changed. Like that, that information is stale. What are you going to do with that now? You can't make a management decision based on old numbers. You need to make sure that you've got a process in place, an accounting process in place where you're getting updated numbers on a frequent basis and that you're reviewing those numbers. And if you aren't able to extrapolate exactly what those numbers are telling you, find somebody who can translate it, right? Mm. It's just like learn, learning a foreign language because I mean, to some extent it is, right? Um, like my grandfather told me one time, he said, I, I handed him a PL for something. We were talking about something. I don't recall what it was, but he said, These, this is just numbers on a page. You actually have to understand and, and know the story. And if you don't understand and know the story, get somebody to tell you the story. And then you mm. can make a, and then you can make a, a management decision and move your business forward. Love it. It is a story. And, you know, for many business owners, this is the ultimate foreign language that absolutely needs to be learned, but not in the depth of being able to have a, a full-on PhD level conversation, just enough, you know, to understand what it means, right? And then, then you you know, have a partner on your team that you can go to on a regular basis to go, wait a minute. So if I wanted to do this, is that in line with what I was thinking here? You know, bouncing those ideas off. It really helps. I love the accounting firms like like yours that you have that ongoing relationship with. And it's not something you only hit in, in February and say, okay, it's tax time. Here's my stuff. Bye. Have a good time. <laughs> you yeah. know? Cool. Well, I mean, like, what are you going to do with that? You can file a tax return with that, but you can't, you, you can't change the results from June through December with that. I mean, it's, that's way, it's horses out of the barn, you know, that whole thing, every cliche possible, it's all gone. <laughs> you can't do anything with it. Exactly. Uh, so you need, to, you need to be a little bit more proactive for sure. If you're, if you're, if you're going to use that information and there's a wealth of information in your business, for sure, that's an asset to you. If you're going to use that to move your business forward, you need to pay attention to it and you, you need to be having ongoing, consistent conversations and a process to make sure that that information is good, right? So, so what is an ongoing conversation though? How often is that? Oh, that's a good question. I totally skipped past it about five minutes ago. <laughs> so uh, it's definitely not once a year. Um, quarterly is better than, than once a year for sure. What we like for our clients is monthly at least. Okay. Mm-hmm. So monthly, you finish yeah. the books like a week or so after the month ends, and then you get together and you go, okay, here's what I found. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we're going to be reviewing the whole financial picture on a monthly basis in the, you know, throughout the course of the month, they're going to have access to some sort of a report or a dashboard that they can access. So even if they don't, they don't want to get on our calendar, they can go and access the information. And we use those reports and those dashboards as talking tools. So mm. if we have enough meetings and we use those as kind of talking tools, at some point, you know, the client will be able to just look at it and see and extrapolate from themselves. So it's a little bit of a teaching process there. The, the only kind of outlier there is for businesses that have cash flow issues or want to more proactively uh, manage their flow. For those businesses, we do a weekly basis. So we're talking right. at least once a week, forecasting out cash flow, making sure that everything looks good, making sure that we're flagging problems before they actually become problems. And so it's just, and we're, and we have that touch point, which is great, but those are shorter meetings and we're not going through the whole financial picture. Um, so those are useful as well. It's just a matter of kind of where your business is and what you're planning for and what you're trying to achieve. I love that. So it can be as frequent as you need or to get things cleaned up, right? You know, if mm-hmm. you're onboarding a new client and, you know, they haven't had that kind of relationship in the past and now they do, maybe it's a little bit more frequent in the beginning. And when you get comfortable and everything stabilizes, 
you can move it out to longer and longer. But I love the monthly. I think that that's yeah, exactly. super important because you can look back. How did my income, you know, come in? How did my, how are my expenses? Are they in line? Um, did we have something unusual happen, which unusual is always happening in one way, shape or form, right? It's not like, it's not like you're going to live within that, that B word, you know, the, that four letter, four letter, six letter word, six, seven letter word I call budget, right? That makes people feel like they live in that, that, that confinement. There's always something, but is it in the ordinary line of doing business or is it something unusual that we should plan for or, or expect again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're running a business, then like nothing is going to go according to plan. Right. I mean, you can have a plan, but like you could, like, you know, at, at its core customers are people. Um, the people who work with us are people like everybody's a person and people are random, right? So random things are going to happen. So you can, you can come up with a plan or budget for letter word as you, as you call it, we call it a financial roadmap um, because budgeting is kind of a four letter word. So we call it a roadmap, but so you have yeah. the roadmap, so you know how to get from here to there. And, you know, the, the trick is, is that you need to understand when things don't go according to the roadmap. Like it's just like using ways, right? You hit traffic, you got to go a different route. So you have to understand throughout the course of that roadmap, what has changed, what assumptions need to change, and then course correct. So you can eventually get yourself back to where you're trying to get to in the, in the first place. It's the same thing as a GPS. Love it. Love it. Uh, your financial GPS. There's a, there's a new, uh, there's a new line for you. Someone ought to can that right. if it's not already canned. I think that's a, <laughs> that's a great way of putting it because it is a, it is a plan. It is a roadmap and it's the, in, in my mind, your financial statements and your budgeting could be a look backwards at what you've done, but it could be the plan for how it's going to go in next month, right? So you're seeing mm-hmm. trends and things that are coming and you can adjust accordingly. Maybe it's time to increase your costs, right? Or, or increase your prices because costs are going up and you never know if you didn't look at your numbers. So mm-hmm. I know uh, I'm just, <laughs> it's one of those yeah. things that I just can't understand why business owners can put a blinder on and go about their business without truly understanding what they're doing um, in the financials of their company. And I, I know that that's more common than not. Now there's those good business owners that can manage their accounting. And then there's many more that can't and don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the folks who can are few and far between for sure. Um, and most, most, most that come to us anyway, have never actually done a budget or don't have a budget and don't have any preconceived notions of what a budget process is. I would say most for sure. Yes. And, you know, maybe and, that's just and, our, our client base, but. And the value of it and, and how it can help you make decisions going forward. Do I hire that person? Do I spend X on marketing? Do I launch a second version of my product or offering? Do I, you know, do I have to plan for increasing prices? Like here in California right now, our utility bills have gone through the roof. And in many instances, the gas power has like quadrupled. So mm-hmm. that's an effect that hurts your business. Yeah. And you've got to plan for that. For sure. 
One of the biggest things that always comes out of the budgeting, budgeting process is coherence. And I'll, I'll give you a really specific example. In every, every single case, every case, uh, where we're doing a budgeting, where we're doing a budget for a marketing firm, like marketers know that you need to spend money on marketing in order to bring money in, and like that whole thing. Like this is this is kind of the case of like the Calvers, um, the Calvers kids, and how they have no issues. Shoes. <laughs> yeah. Right. So you know, agency will come to us and say we're doing a million this year, and we want to do three million next year. Okay, cool. Sure. That sounds great. What are you going to spend on marketing? What's your incremental, incremental marketing cost going to be? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's got to be somewhere between two and 10% of the $2 million that you're trying to, that gap that you're trying to close, right? You're trying to go from one to three. So if you're going to go from one to three, you, it's $2 million in incremental revenue. You've got to spend some, you got to spend some dollars there to drive that revenue. It's not just going to magically appear. So that, I can cross my fingers and hope it does. <laughs> sure. Like, like hope is not a strategy. So like there's that. And then the, the, the other side of that too is, okay, well, what's it going to take to deliver $3 million worth of revenue? Because it's not the team that you've got right now. It's some other team. Like, okay, cool. Well, what are those roles going to be? Okay, cool. Well, what are you going to pay them? What is their um, experience level going to be? How much are they going to cost you? Okay. Well, that's the salary. Well, what about, um, the payroll taxes? What about the 401k? What about the health insurance that goes along with them? What about having to buy them a laptop? What about all the software subscriptions they need to have? There's a whole bunch of costs that goes in there that you probably haven't considered. So it's one thing to say, I want to go from 1 million to 3 million. It's a completely different thing to actually put that on paper and say, this is your roadmap. These are the markers that you have to hit every single month. So you need $200,000 in incremental revenue by next month. And you need to hire this person by this month. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to deliver it and have those conversations and go down all of those rabbit holes. And what usually comes out of that is you're going to end up somewhere between, all right, well, maybe 3 million is not realistic. And maybe <laughs> like, or like, maybe I just, maybe I don't even want to manage that business. Like you told me it's going to take 10, you know, 10 more headcount. Maybe I don't want 10 more headcount. I just don't want to manage that. Maybe I need to find some sort of happy medium. Right. And that's okay too. But you need to have that. You need to have those conversations and actually see the numbers and work through the questions. And that's why the coherence is so important. It's not just enough to go from one to three. It's all the things that go into it. Wow. What a brilliant example, because I know business owners listening only dream about the, oh, I want more money, right? But they don't realize that all the stuff that all the foundational groundwork that has to occur before you get there. Now, those things can happen incrementally along the way, but having a team member like you on, on deck to be able to question that and say, are we doing it? And, and I, I, that was such a brilliant example because, hey, in order to do this, we know that you're spending 10% of, of revenue on marketing. Now we have to spend 10% on the new planned revenue on marketing to get to that marketing level. So there's always that outlay first. Um, I love it. It, it. It's a perfect example of what I like to call you grow to a certain point, then you have to scale, right? You have to mm -hmm. scale the organization to support the next level of growth you want to do. And scaling costs money. So your cash yeah. flow may dip in that certain period. And it makes sense if you know where you're going and why it's dipping, or you've got enough cash reserve to support that dip while you're getting ready for the next expansion of growth. Mm. Yeah. And that's, that's another great point too, is 
you know, we've got a lot of business owners who are high growth and they'll say, well, like these other agencies or these other businesses are making, you know, whatever, just pick a number, 40% of, of revenue and net income. And, you know, I'm only making whatever, 25, like what's, you know, what's going on here? Like, okay, well, if you think about it, you have to take that net income number and you have to put it in the context of your growth for all the reasons that we just talked about. High growth companies are going to tend. It's just, this is not a rule. It's not a law. It's just kind of like a rule. What of we see. Yeah. The, but high growth companies are going to tend to be less profitable. The reason being is because you have to front, front run all these expenses. You have to front run that growth. You have to pay for marketing and advertising before it actually turns into revenue. You have to bring people on before you actually have all of the revenue to support it. Because if you don't bring those people on, you're going to be delayed. You're not going to be able to deliver on the revenue. You're not even actually going to be able to deliver the service. Yeah. So yeah. like you're, you're always, you're playing this game of, you know, front running expenses before it actually turns into revenue and, and then profitability. And so that's one of the things that we see too, but that's setting expectations as part of the coherence process. Uh, it's, it's just hugely, hugely important. I love it. And, and, and it's, it's all done in a, in the form of looking at the numbers where, where the business owners got this vision of grandeur, vision of dreams. Oh, I want to, I want to go into this new market or, oh, I want to, you know, I want to have more free time. Well, that means you have to hire people that do what you do, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just that planning thing. So if we can get the owner from this vision that they, that they want, then we support it with the numbers like you're talking about, Chris. And then we ask those vital questions. Is that what you envision? Does that align with what you're thinking of doing? And then the owner can come in and go, well, yes or no. You know, I didn't like that idea. I don't want to manage more people or yeah, that's perfect. Let's go. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's a partnership that absolutely is vital for the strength and growth and scaling and operational levels of any business. Right. It's not just the marketing agency. It's not just the professional service or the plumber or the contractor or the what have you for every business. And that's why people like you are so important to have on board. So a question for you, Chris, because I know that, you know, business owners that are listening are going, holy cow, now what do I got to do? Right. You know, <laughs> um, stress comes in. Oh, crap. Right. So these are things that you either have in-house if you can afford them, or you have out of the house or, you know, offsite, you can have fractional partnerships, right? They don't have mm -hmm. to be permanently payrolled, you know, 401ks in the whole, whole caboots. You can have partnerships with companies like yours, right? Yep. Absolutely. That's, that's our entire model is we're fractional accountants and fractional CFOs. And I think that's the value there, business owners, is that you don't have to onboard this and wear this on the back of your own shoulders, right? You can partner with organizations just like you can partner with employees these days really easily, uh, staff teams, you can partner with consultants, you can partner with all sorts of people. They don't have to be under the payroll. And, and that allows you the freedom to still get the expertise you need to be able to make the decisions that you want to make to grow the company that you'd like to have in the future. Mm -hmm. I would like mm. it almost to an attorney. Like most businesses don't bring an in-house attorney in. 
right? No. <laughs> but like legal is one, HR is another where you can partner with somebody if you need, you know, some sort of HR experience. Um, marketing is another one where we see a lot of it is, is outsourced or fractional. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a ton of different business types where a lot of those functions can be outsourced or fractional and it's way more cost effective um, to have that sort of relationship than it is to bring somebody in house who's not necessarily driving revenue or who's not necessarily driving production or something like that. Um, but right. definitely I would, I would explore those relationships first as you are growing and scaling versus bringing in house. Love it. Love it. And it, it's, it's use it as needed, right? Use it as mm-hmm. recommended. It might be a little heavy loaded up front as you're setting things up, but then it winds down a little bit later to, to the occasional use. So I think that flexibility and adjustability is fantastic for growing companies. So this has been a fun conversation. I mean, we went down some rabbit holes, um, but I think that there were certainly important ones that will help the business owners see why they exactly need, you know, specialized accounting support on their team so they can make the decisions they want. Absolutely. where can listeners find out more about you and your team, Chris, and how they might be able to use it? And yeah, so where's that? Yeah, I appreciate that. So the best way to find me is on our website, betterwaycpa.com. And on there, we have a resources tab. You'll see it at the top right. There are a ton of free resources out there, everything from cash flow webinars that are free and Excel templates that are free and various calculators that you can use in your business to kind of go down the rabbit holes, as you put it, of you know <laughs> some, of, some of the things that I talked about on this episode. That's awesome. That's awesome. And if I'm correct, right, you're not only limited to those people in South Carolina, you can work nationwide, right? Correct. Yeah, we've got clients coast to coast. Um, we've got people. Like so, employees of the firm that are coast to coast, pretty much, as as well as international too, and so like we've helped, we have literally helped tons of businesses coast to coast, and we're not geographically limited. I love that, and I know that a lot of um, um, a lot of companies feel like they have to be because of licenses and stay in their little zone, but Zoom. Zoom has made it fantastic to be able to have conversation and upload documents and download documents and servers and clouds. So, so business owners, you can have the right team member and it doesn't matter where they are located. Um, They can be part of your team. So I love it. I love it. All right, Chris, um, this has been awesome. I have found so many different ideas that um, can really, truly help business owners. And listeners, I hope you found a couple that you can put into your business that will help you be more profitable. I appreciate you listening today. And while you're at it, if you'd like to boost your net profitability in just 30 days, don't think it's possible? Ah, of course it is. Check out my new training called the 30-Day Profit Booster. This quick and easy profit-boosting strategy can be done without spending more on marketing, hiring additional staff, or working longer hours. Go check it out at 30dayprofitbooster.com. And as always, Chris and I would really like to hear your questions or comments. Put them in the in the comments of the podcast here, and we'll be quick to respond. Tell us, um, tell us what you learned. What was your big aha that you took away from this? Or even more importantly, what are you going to put into your business right now that you didn't have before? And you can always reach out to Chris inside the, the podcast as well. We'll be quick to answer and respond. And while you're at it, subscribe to today's show. You don't want to miss future ep- episodes. 
and you can catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. We're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thank you so much, Chris. This was fantastic. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah.